You may have your seats for now. So I want to greet you all in the name of Jesus once again. How many had a good lunch? How many happy? I want us to clap for our cooks today. Uh, the food you ate was cooked by Mrs. Alinda, Mrs. Dikon Mulonde, and Mrs. Luanga. Amen. Amen. So I want to say God bless you. Amen. For serving the body of Christ. I, I, I excused myself a little bit. I went to pick my uh, wife and baby from the hospital. And you know, when you walk into a hospital with your wife in birth pains and then you come out with a baby and her, it is the grace of God. No katonda. Amen. Not only with a baby. Sin no mwana But with your wife. We will go to business right away because of time. God bless you, church. I have a burning testimony. Since it's a burning testimony, I don't know what it is, but come with opportunity. You can stand right there and give your testimony. Praise God, church.
that gave birth to Jesse, the father of David. Chitufu Rakabu Yeyaza. Mwagambi Obed. Chitufu Rahabu Yeyaza la Yese Kitawe wa Dawdi. Or Ruth. Over Ruth. You said it in the first service. What you get the home service as I was wrong. It Never. was not Rahab. Tayari Rakabu. It was uh, Ruth. Yali Rusi. Is that not so? You know, sometimes when preachers, when we are preaching, some sometimes you can give a wrong quote and uh, speak a wrong name and place things wrongly. But I believe each person who is spiritual, they are able to read between the lines. And you are able to understand what I'm I'm trying to mean. Praise the name of the Lord. So it is the person who wrote this. Thank you for your correction. Um, Actually, it was Ruth that. If you go to the book of Ruth, you'll notice in chapter 4, verse 21, says, and Salmon begat Boaz. Salmon. Salmon. And it was, remember Boaz, that married Ruth, the Moabites. And uh, Ruth with Boaz, they begot Obed. And Obed begot Jesse. Obed Yesse. And Jesse begot David. Yesse Nazala Daudi. Okay, so now I have a question here. He says, Can I pay my time? By helping the needy. Praise the Lord. I don't have a, a name to the person that uh, asked this question. But I want to say no, you cannot. We as believers should help the needy. We should help the orphans and the widows. But each Christian must pay their tithe. And according to the book of Malachi, if you can go there quickly, I'll give more details in the little videos I told you that I'll be able to make. Grace. But if you go to Malachi chapter 3, are you there? Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament. It says, um, verse 8, Will a man rob God? Yet he have robbed me. 
But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? And he says, in tithes and offerings. And then he says, ye are cast with a cast, for ye have robbed me even this whole nation. So then here on verse 10, he tells you, what you should do and how you should do it. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now here, would say the Lord of hosts, for if I will not open your, you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. According to this verse, he says, bring all your tithes. Where are you supposed to bring it? Where? Storehouse. What is kept in the storehouse? Food. Not so. So, food is kept in the storehouse. But in this case, it's not uh, maize, sorghum. He's talking about the word. The word. So, the word is the one that you receive from God's storehouse. Whenever you come to church and you hear the word, you are receiving food from the store. So then, now, after receiving that food, you are required as a believer to now pay your tithe. So about two, two things I'll talk about. About this, I will not go into the details. I'll give the details on the videos. But for now, I will just want to uh, and if you have another question out of this, uh, what I will say, you again send it to me. I will still address it on the video. I'm going to try and be um, one hour and a half or so. If we've not addressed some, we'll just take it on as I have. Promised. So now, the first thing to notice about tithe is that every Christian must pay their tithe. Every Christian. Is a pastor as Christians? They too must pay their tithe. Every Christian. And tithe is 10% of our income. Now, notice I did not say that 10% of our salary. Because not all people receive salary. You know, but everyone receives income. You see, when you receive income, maybe someone has given you a gift. Or maybe you kept money on the bank and you accrued some interest. 
And so this interest or whatever it is that you receive, you give back to God as acknowledgement that the blessing has come from him. I spoke, I think, about a, a few weeks ago, I spoke on tithes and offerings. So the person has, that has asked this, please go and listen to that. And now your tithe, you pay your tithes to your church, to your pastor. You see, God had um, Levites in the Old Testament. And these Levites were men that did not uh, get any inheritance. God said, Don't, do not worry, you, you are mine. And so you see your tribe, the tribe of Levi, you, you are mine. And all the other tribes, they were given inheritance. They were given land. And so they were farming on the land. And out of their increase, they would pay their tithes into the house of the Lord. They would bring it to the temple. Now, God had blessed the Levites there to receive these tithes. And so these, they would use it as their income. But you see, even the Levites, they would also take uh, those tithes and, and take 10% extra out of it and they would pay the other 10% to the high priest. And of course the high priest now was standing in also for the Lord. To the Levites and to the people the Levites would stand in for the Lord. In other words, we do not give our tithes to people. We give it to the Lord. So when you, for, for instance, uh, if you pay your tithe to me, you don't give it to me as a gift. You give it to me as though you've given it unto the Lord. In a recognition that you're recognizing me as, a, as, a, as your pastor. As someone that God has placed there for you to feed you spiritually. So now, the, if I take that tithe money and I use it the wrong way, that's none of your business. I'll have to answer for that. Because remember that ministers, pastors, must be called by God. And, and if they are called by God, their job is then they answer back to God. Well, I believe in, um, in accountability. I believe in accountability. And in this church, from the very beginning, we have been giving accountability of your funds. And how we've used it. But there is no obligation for any pastor to account to you how we use tithe. And that's why some of these mega church pastors have um, uh, decided to uh, abuse it. 
Erayen songa lwachi abasumba ba makanisa amanene ekimwe ke 10 kino bachikozeza bubi by budgets nabakore nyonyezi ba ezako kubwabwe but i think that gives you a, a, a picture nendo zecho chikuwe chifananyi and i'll be able if you want the details on this subject please go and listen to the sermon i preached on tithes and offerings it's on youtube and also on the podcast ayagalo kumanya bisinga okubimwe be 10 nebiwayo jasango obubaka ku podcast ne ku youtube you do not pay tithe to an evangelist Someone is, on, is preaching on the road and you are like, oh, you are preaching so well, and then you take your time. No sango muntu kulugudonga buli rangi noga blazengiri nkorete no moechi moechi kumi. If you have something to give him, give him. Bobo inechokumu amuwe. If you have something to give, they need to give them. Bobo inechokuwa beta gavawe. But tithe you pay it to your church. Wabrechi moechi kumi ochuwaye mukanisa yo. Where you attend as a member. Eyo josabiranga yekanisa yo. Praise the name of the Lord. Kama ibasiwe. And um, I wish I could go in detail and read you a few quotes here. But uh, if you had, if I had to ask this, I would ask them if it's okay for them now. So that's why it's good for you to write your name. But still, I'll, I'll, I'll give more detail later. Okay, now, I have another question here from Brother Sam. We have several Sams, I do not know. He says, how can a person control his or her feelings, maybe when tempted or maybe not? I think they are meaning, uh, and I am requesting you people to switch up your phones if you can, please. He says, how can a person control, I think they mean, if how can a person control his or her feelings when tempted or not? I, I think they are asking how can you have self control? You see, self control is not a gift. Self control. You can only attain it if you have the Holy Ghost. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you cannot have self-control. I'll ask you a question. Many times, you can do it. And then you, you say, well, from today, I will never do this again. Mm -hmm. Don't look as, at me as if you have never said that. From today, according to what was preached, I will never do this again. And when you go back home, you start with that very thing which you said you will never do. So you were tempted and you were overcome. Why? Because you do not have self-control. 
But you see, in your control tower, all the children of God have a control tower. And that control tower is in your soul. In your soul. Now, it is what is on your soul is what is controlling you. If it's the devil, is controlling you. If it's God, is controlling you. Now, what is in your soul? All of us, we are born with a mad soul. Perverted. We are born in a perverted way. Whether we are children of God or not. Meaning whether we are serpent seed or the seed of God. But here in this case, I'm speaking about the seed of God. Of course, speaking of that, I'm talking about the two seeds, seed lines in, in, on the earth. There is a seed of God. Yes. And the seed of the serpent. How many knew that? Raise your hand. Okay. How many did not know? Okay. Now, we have. You can pick that from Genesis. We have the seed of God and the seed of the serpent. The seed of the serpent. No matter what you do. No matter how you preach to them, no matter how powerful a preacher is, they will hear, but they will be like a duck. A duck, when it rains, it will soak and soak in water. And then after it finishes to rain, it just shake itself off. And then it will be dry again. You see? That is how it is to serpent seed. They can never change. No matter what you do. No matter how you preach. I'll give you an example. Cain. Cain. God himself came. He preached. But Cain, after God preached, what did he say? He went and killed his brother. And when God came back again to preach, Cain said, you have given me a hard punishment. He wasn't repenting. So in other words, serpent seed cannot accept the word. They cannot be converted. Because there is nothing in them. There is no seed jam to get converted. But the seed of God, yes, you'll be born in a perverted way. Yes, you'll be doing everything everybody else is doing. You, you, you are born, you know, telling lies, stealing, everything. You have the last of the flesh, like everybody else. But you see, there are three stages of you of grace that God will take you through. The first thing He will do, He will justify you. When He justifies you, meaning you have you have heard the word and you accept the word, so He brings you out of the world and we baptize you in His name. But you still have the desire that you used to have. 
Yet you are in church. That's why when you get baptized and then you disappear from fellowship, baptism will not save you. You have to remain there and go through more process. The second stage that God will take you through is sanctification. He sanctifies you by the washing of the water of the water. He cleanses you and makes you clean. He says, come, let us reason together. Even if your sins are as red as scarlet, I'll make them as white as snow. That's when you begin to repent. Cleanse yourself. The desires will begin to die one by one, one by one. But that thing that made you have those desires is not gone. After a while, that's when you realize you can overcome something for sometimes. And then after a while, you go back again. You overcome something. And after a while, you go back again. It's just like the desire for alcohol. People who are addicted to alcohol. You know, they can say, I will leave it. Because of some conviction. So you will leave it for a while. And after some time, you go back again. You leave it. So, in intervals. So what does that person need? They know it is wrong. They have repented of it. But there is still the desire. So, there is still something else controlling that desire. And let me tell you, that desire may remain there in the flesh for the rest of your life. But the only thing that changes you is what is on your control tower. As you stay under the altar, hearing the word, Baptism after baptism. The whole God working on you. Hearing the word every time. Coming to fellowship and hearing the word. In prayer, listening to the word. Reading the Bible, reading the Hallelujah. And you have faith. And when you get faith enough to believe. How does faith come? By hearing the word. So when you gather enough faith, God gives you the Holy Ghost. By the, to receive the Holy Ghost, you only need to have faith. To believe for it. Rather, sister, the moment you receive the Holy Ghost, He begins controlling your desire. So we continue living between desires.
living between desires. How many understand that? Living between desires. This is pulling. This is pulling. We live in between desires the rest of our life. But a Holy Ghost filled child of God has something on the control tower. That is called the Holy Spirit. When you receive the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, Amen. from that moment, you are never the same again. Would you be tempted? Oh, yes. But you can control. It's not you. It is Christ in you. So the problem, the reason why it is so hard for young people to live a Christian life is because they are trying to do it themselves. You cannot do it by yourself. You can't overcome anything by yourself. The only thing you have to do is to yield to him and receive the Holy Ghost from that moment. Hallelujah. Amen. He's on the control tower. He's the one guiding you and leading you. And when you are tempted, he's your strength. And he gives you victory in every temptation. Hallelujah. Amen. The answer to this the only way you can control, receive the Holy Ghost. Praise the name of the Lord. And then, and then, one person asked, one person told Brother Branham, said, how have you been? Um, how, how are you? I said, I've been fine. Since I got saved, and I was filled with the Holy Ghost, I've been, you know, fighting with two dogs in me. The black dog and the white dog. He said, which one is stronger? He said, it depends on the one you're feeding me. I said, if you feed the black dog, it will overcome the white one. But if you feed the white one, it will defeat the black one. So if you feed on the word, and prayer, no, you receive strength to overcome the flesh. But if you are listening to worldly music, you're going to worldly parties, all your friends are not believers, and you're not sharing the message with them, your connection with them is based on the things of vanity. Then you know when you receive any temptation, it will just put you down flat each time. But if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. The old life passes away. And you receive another another. Another being to control you in your life. No funa echitonde chirala chifugobura mubo. Is it use drugs in a case it's for a good reason? Chibi o kukoze sebi ragala la gala. Nebo banga in songa yonunji.
Okay, now, Chivi o Kunyakunjaga o Babio Navio Navio Nga Echigende Ruacho Chichirundi. Let us ask the brother's question. Katuebu is enough. Is it bad to use drugs? Chivi o Kukoja Sebi Dagalaga Enjaga. In the case it is, no, please. The question is drugs. Is it bad to use drugs? In the case it is for a good reason. And so my question would be because you are interpreting your understanding. But you should interpret what the brother asked. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So now, anything drugs. We have a doctor here, a medical doctor. I believe if any drug was prescribed to you or for you in the hospital, it is not bad to use it. Most of the drugs, many of the drugs we use in the hospital, or actually most of them really come from herbs. Is that true, Dr. Peter? Yes. Uh, painkillers. How many have ever taken painkillers? That's just coming from herbs. Many painkillers pain even have Eh, 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 what do we call that kind of wheat? That is true. So, who made wheat? God made wheat. Right? Is that true? God made wheat. But what happens to people? <laughs> the devil. No, no, no. I'm answering a question here. <laughs> no, I hope you people are not misunderstanding me. <laughs> Follow me closely. But it is the devil Sitani. that perverts what God has created. Sitani. Is it satanic and evil to have sex? Young people, you are very quiet. You are behaving so spiritually. Well, and I would answer and say, no. It depends on what in what context. Someone would do it and they would call it prostitution. Fornication. Adultery. Someone else would do it and it would be called holy imagine. How can something be holy in one context and be evil in another? Because it did not or was not done according to the rules. 
So now when you ask me, is it bad to use drugs? In case it's for a good reason. If the first question I'll ask is what type of drug? If it's medical drugs, if it's for medical reasons, then I don't even think it's a question because it's prescribed by a doctor and it's going to be in limits. Whereby it will not become addictive to you. Or it will not harm you. But if you are going to take a drug like weed, for example, or herbs, or any other herb, or myrunji, or something like that, and someone has convinced you that you see this herb, when you take it, you will, be, you will become intelligent. Is that a good reason? Surely. Lala. Is it a good reason? Song and truth. No, please answer me. But Be honest know. with yourself. If someone tells you taking wheat will make you wise. Don't go deep into the thing. Just understand my question. It will make you wise. Is it a good reason? Yes, it's a good reason. So the person asked, is it bad to use drugs in case it's for a good reason? So if I say yes, it's not wrong. Then they will go and take it. Because someone has told them, it's actually going to make you wise. And he will take the weed to be wise. He will take the weed to be intelligent. He will take the weed to be strong. That's what people say. I believe that is wrong. It is wrong for a Christian to go. The scripture says that we should not um, we should not fashion ourselves after the world. If it's not a healthy reason, if it's a healthy reason, then the doctor will have to prescribe the medicine. But if it's not a healthy reason, or if it's a healthy reason, I don't believe we should go and begin taking wheat according to your own um, prescription. That is not right. Because it's going to end up in um, um, in getting addicted to the drug. You're going to come here at church and you will be high. And sometimes you're going to be really low when you don't take it. You take it again, you become really hard. That's getting addicted. You are drunk. And drunkards will not inherit the kingdom of God. I had an uncle who was taking water so much that it, I don't know, it mixed with his blood or something. 
the doctor told him, you should never leave it. Because if you leave it, you will die. Now, if that uncle was a member of my church, I would pray for them. For them to leave it and be alive. So the doctor can as well prescribe something that is not really good for you as a Christian. A Christian must have a spiritual thinking filter. There is a medicine called diazepam. It's mostly taken by old people. And I think it has, um, I, I'm not sure, I'm not a medical person, but I think it has a lot of weed in it or some, some of those elements. And it's very addictive, highly addictive. So, um, as a believer, if you're taking something like that, even by the fact that you are taking it, it shows that you are not believing that God can heal you. Why would you take something with such a side effect and then you are like, oh no, it's okay as long as the doctor has prescribed it? So it's the devil that perverts what God has made. But the concept is nothing that God has made is bad. But it's the devil that perverts what God has made to make it look like it is bad. And therefore, as believers, that's why says we should we should um, uh, you know flee from fearance of evil it may not appear to be evil it may not be evil but as long as in your that's why we need the Holy Ghost because if you have the Holy Ghost and someone tells you oh you have back egg oh I tell you I know what you can once you do it you can never have back egg again Will you do it? Just fornicate. The moment you fornicate, you will never have And those are the narratives. It sounds like a good reason. But the devil is trying to pervert. How many understand that? So I believe it's um, not right for believers to take drugs. If I was the one and I was prescribed to take weed, to get out of a problem, I would have to put God to a test. I would say, God, if you do not heal me, but if I take weed, to get out of my problem, then you would have to prove to me whether you are a living God. Or not. I don't know how many would do that. I believe our God is not so little that you would have to stoop so low 
Omukiriza si mutono mutene kiatari no in order to go according to the systems of the world. So brother, I believe when you said drugs, I meant, believe you said weed, because it's what weed I talked about. Avoid those things. Excuse them. Run away from them. I did not hear any amen. We have young people here who Not we have young people here who take a week. What can I do when in school and people are praying the rosary? While kneeling, am I supposed to kneel like them? I would say, you cannot worship idols to be politically correct. You cannot. As a child of God, you have your own standard. You can do anything, but you cannot bow before idols. If they let them kneel, why do you even stay there where they are? Move away. If you cannot move, remain standing. If it's a rule of the school, tell them, I'm sorry, I cannot bow before images or idols. If they have to expel you, let them expel you. Now that's when, where you become a fanatic. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. You cannot kneel before idols. You cannot kneel before the gods of Rome. If it's in your home, you have to respectively make it clear to your parents and your other family members. We have people who have families that are Muslim. And the family will do ABCD. But for them, they know them. They are rebels. Those ones are rebels. Meaning that so and so is a rebel in our family. He cannot do that. It's just like me. Where I come from, most of my family members are not believers. And the others. So if they invite me, they make sure there is no alcohol on that if there is alcohol, they will never even dare to invite you. Because they know I will not go. Hallelujah. Men. They know it. I already made a record. If there is alcohol, don't invite me. So they know. Hallelujah. Amen. At first they thought I was joking. But as time went by, they realized I don't care. If anything stands between me and God, I take God as my priority. He's number one in my life. Everything else is vanity. So that's what you have to do. 
at school, at home, in your society, everywhere you are, stand on the word and be known for that. God bless you, church. I have a lot of scriptures I want to read for each question, but I'm just going to go through as much as I can, and, and then, then uh, we will go through each of them with them. As I promised you, I will make those videos. God bless you, church. This one is asking, why? I don't understand the question. Why? It's people. Oh, this, this one needed to have some more grammar. Why it's people company about the believers to stay with unbelievers? Do you understand the question? Why people, why is it people company about the believers? Why is it? that people complain about the believers. Is that the question? Okay. So, and then, what, 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 is there a problem with the, it says, it's easy to stay with unbelievers. Why did the world act, reject? Why did the world reject believers? Is it good when you marry a non-believer before getting this message of the hour? The fact I don't understand them. Um, Stay with unbelievers. Why did the world reject? Okay. Now, maybe you are asking why the, 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 what does the world reject believers? It is simple. Christ was rejected, so they will reject us. You see, one thing about the world, if you do what they want, you are their friend. If you don't, you are their enemy. No other thing to say. You see, you cannot, if everybody is going to Akadanke, for example, if everybody is going for a disco, and they are going to Budanke, and, and you are also going with them. Do you think you are going to dress as you dress when you are coming to church and go with them? Even when you do, they will not be happy with you. So you will feel out of place and you will leave. 
But for you to fit in them, you would have to dress like them. You would have to dress a trouser or a mini skirt. If you are a young man, you would have to do their haircuts. You would have to, um, you know, these days even younger men are using makeup. They are putting pins in their ears. It's a what the world is standing and, and you see, you would have to do the way you do for you to be accepted by them. But if you stand on your ground as a child of God, the world will reject you. And that's the reason why they reject us. Not because we don't love them, but they don't reject us. Their demons reject us. The God in us rejects the devils and the demons in the world. And the demons in the world fear the God in us. And that's the reason why it's very hard for a true believer to accompany himself with an unbeliever. But if you find your yourself with them all the time. One is influencing the other. And I can assure you, in most cases, it's the believer being influenced. Hallelujah. How can, if you are not a cockroach, how can you accompany with cockroaches? Is it possible? Cockroaches love darkness. They hate light. And then you find yourself with them. I'm changing them. I'm changing them. Surely you have a big problem. But the cockroach, if it is pitching, let it come in the light. And of course, if it comes in the light, it will die. <laughs> so if it, your friend that you love so much, surely loves you so much, let them hear the word and change. That devil in them has to die. But if it cannot, then there is a problem somewhere. If you continue to accompany with them. And then, is it good when you marry an, an unbeliever before getting the message of the hour? I think the question should be if someone before getting the message of the hour and they are married when they believe now can they divorce their wives as a matter of fact even if they have two wives they can't divorce any of them now if you divorce one it will become whose wife <laughs> I hope the brother who said amen does not want to marry two <laughs> For example, if a Haji believes, if a Haji believes now, now, and he has four wives, 
Do we tell him now, chase away some of them? Tumugamba, abasatu abagobe. They are all his wives. And he remains with them. But if he, he, he goes and marries another or goes with another woman, that's adultery. So, Pastor, are you saying that the first wasn't adultery? It was. But he then repented. And so God puts that under the blood of forgiveness. Whatever you did in the past, God does not remember. In, in, the, in the years when you did not know the truth. And so there are some scars that remain. For instance, if a girl believes the message and she hears what I preach today in the morning, that she has to be a virtuous woman, that she has even to repent to her husband before marriage if she is found not to be. And oh, what can I do now? I was, I did not know. I did it without knowing. But now I've believed. The scar will remain. Oh, because you have repented. God will not make you a virgin again. But he doesn't remember that. It's under his blood. And then you don't go ahead with that kind of life. You see, and when you are married, you don't say, I will not tell my husband before I married because it was before I believed. You have to confess that. But the scar remains. If someone was uh, you know, moving around in the world and they get HIV, and they believe, the scar remains. Can God heal them? Oh, yes, God can heal them. We have testimonies of, of people that God has healed. But on principle, I'm saying the scar remains. So, when someone has several wives and believes that scar will remain with them, they will remain with the wives, but it's a scar in their life. And they can't be deacons. They can't be pastors. Why? Because of that scar in their life. Says, the word of God says that a deacon and a pastor must be a husband of one wife. So this one had some scars. Some wives he had. And so it's not good in that in that context. Now, after you believe, and you had a girlfriend, you repent of that and leave them. That right? Amina. Only one person is willing to leave her. <laughs> You don't say, oh, wait, wait, pastor. You said the scar remains. Can I remain with my scar? <laughs> no, it's not yet a scar in your life. You simply go back to them. 
Maybe after a while, if God has desired for her to be a believer, if God has desired for her to be your future wife, she can't be. And you see, that's really in the hands of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Oh my. So, I'm watching the time. I want to stop at six and it's uh, this is, I think, a young sister. She wrote something, I love God and all that. But <laughs> Brother, why are you trying to change the word? <laughs> you see, the prophet says, Brother, you have to give me more sound. Okay, he says that uh, no circumstance should a believer marry a non believer. Do you believe that? Oh, yeah. oh let me say again eh. some people are not being attentive. Please listen to me. The prophet said, under no circumstance should a believer marry an unbeliever. Is that true? Now, if you, we can say amen to that, then that settles it. So my brother, there is no circumstance under which a believer can marry an unbeliever. If she is a Muslim, you cannot marry her. If she is a Catholic, you cannot marry her. On what basis? Because she doesn't believe like you do. The Bible says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? And then there's another scripture that says that we should not be unequally. Let us read that portion. This is a good one. The book of Corinthians, chapter 6, verse 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Chapter 2, verse 6. Chapter 6, verse 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with 
Praise the Lord. Kama hivyo. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Emweka tanga na batakiriza. You know to 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 yoke to unequal powers. It's just like yoking together uh, an ass, an ass and uh, and a horse or, or, or and, a, and a donkey. They don't. They are not two equal powers. Pino so they cannot be equal. They can never agree. They can never dig. And the old farm will not be loud. Why? Because these are two unequal powers. When another one is singing glory, hallelujah. The other one is playing the rosary. The other one is saying, obey your husband. The other is, is shouting equal, equal, human and You can never agree about everything and anything. And that is why no sacrifice should make a believer more than an unbeliever. Now, some do PCM. PCM. Preach. Convert. That is, that is not healthy. I would rather you preach to them let God convert them and then wait. If they are really converted, then you can marry them. We have oh, many testimonies. Yes, we have many testimonies of people who married the people they preached to. But you will always find in many circumstances, they do not have an idea to marry them when they were preaching to them. Let me preach to her. That's not the right way. That's not right at all. Preach to them. Preach to those young people. Witness to everybody. Maybe one of them may be your wife. Maybe one of them may be your husband. In Ethiopia, Sister Yodi, Sister Yodi. she witnessed to Brother Girimai. Brother Girimai came in the message. And I preached to him for some time. And he rejected it. And he left. But I had given him a, a bunch of tips. And then uh, and then uh, and then when when she uh, when he went after one month, he had read it. And he realized it was the truth. He came back. And he told he was around for some time. Not serious, but he was around. And then one day he was convicted. 
He said, I want to be baptized. And we baptized him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, after a while, I think it was about a year or so, remember, then he ended up marrying Sister Yodit. Now, Sister Yodit. And this brother is now a preacher of the message. And is married to this sister. And they have about, I think, three children now. And they are both serving God. So sister did not do PCM. But she married somebody. She witnessed. You understand that? So there is no circumstance, my brother. With examples. No, this is another question. With examples from the Bible, what punishment has God ever given to a church or a pastor or a prophet who misuses or mismanages the tithe and offerings of the church? Which, which punishment? Has God ever given to a church? Or a pastor? Or a prophet? Who misuses or mismanages the tithe and offerings of the church? Now I believe my brother, and I have your name here, but I will not mention it. And you really have guts to put your name on, on such questions. But I think you are a honest man. You see... I believe you've not asked that because you found that we are mismanaging funds here. Every end of year we give report. Of how we have managed the funds. But I should say that there were in the Bible uh, servants of God who mismanaged funds. Or offering. And the most notable ones or the ones that are known so much is the family of Eli. Eli was a faithful man but his children were not faithful. They would take the offerings it is it's supposed to be a bad offering. And they would be chewing some of it. <laughs> and taking the fat part. And keeping it for themselves. Instead of letting it burn unto the Lord. God was not happy with them. And as a matter of fact. The lineage of, of, of priesthood did not continue in Eli's family. God struck it. And so God is not a joke. And um, when he gives his word, he holds you accountable. He holds you accountable. Now, some people think that pastors who preach this message will, and the people will not be judged. But I tell you what, Every money you receive, there is a day 
After the rapture, before the white throne judgment, that each of us will stand before the will stand will go before the judgment seat of Christ. And we shall give accountability. Now, those of you in my family know me very well. I believe in accountability. I ask for budgets. I ask for expenditure lists. And some don't like that. But I, I believe all the members of my family have come to learn and appreciate it. You must learn accountability. Because even in heaven, we are going to give accountability. I gave you this body. This body. Give accountability. How did you use it? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Mm. Uh, but here, Father, you know it was so small. So you, you're going to give, you're going to be accountable. That's why you must receive the Holy Ghost to help keep you in check. Praise the name of the Lord. That's a good brother. I'll spend more time on the video. Some of these questions, I'll spend some good time on them and give more scriptures. Brother Branham used to say the statement, read between the lines. What does it mean? Now, that means that not everything he says is the way he says it. But the spiritual understands. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, for instance, if we speak on, uh, on if I can preach on the serpent seed without mentioning the act that was done. But then again, you have to read between the lines to understand what exactly I'm trying to come Many times I've been preaching and I said, the scripture says, so is the way of an adulterous woman. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I've done no evil. Right? Mm -hmm. Then we go back again to Genesis. And so Eve ate. How many have read between the lines? So, according to you, what did she do? Did you read between the lines? And what did you see? <laughs> Who else has another answer? Yes. Okay. Yes. Amen. What is said, what he said. But I was looking for what he said. Because that's what I was saying. I was saying that so is the way of an adulterous woman. She eats and wipes her mouth. And says, I'm done no evil. So, if it, 
in the garden of Aden from the tree that God told them. So what did she eat actually? What exactly did she do? So if you read between the lines, then you can understand she had adultery. And then you have a question. You mean with a serpent? Yes. How could she have adultery with a snack? Then you will have to understand more. It wasn't a snake. It wasn't a reptile. It was a beast. And a bright beast. That can talk and reason. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, then you get into the details of that. That's what it means to read between the lines. Sometimes, if you visit... So, by reading between the lines, all right, brother, you are married. You are married. One day, visit brother Luanga's home. Since you didn't understand, I have to explain to you now. And when I visit your home, his wife gave me juice, a glass of juice. Very nice. And so, I noticed brother Luanga turned to his wife and there is a way he looked at her. And she moved away from there and brought a glass for him also. <laughs> he didn't say nothing. She read it between the lines. <laughs> you now understand. <laughs> to understand what is not said. To have a revelation of what actually is not said. One is in Luganda, I will ask brother to read it for me. Luke chapter 19, verse 23. God bless you. I'll not mention your name. I have it here. I'll answer you. You do not uh, do you know what it means? How many know what that means? How many can explain? Who can explain that? You, yes. So, you've been in a situation where you are in a place and then like, I've been here before. You know, it's like I've heard what you said before the way you said it. You've ever felt that? So what happens? This thing is actually in your mind. Now, our mind does not sleep. Our spirit. 
is our mind. And some people dream others don't. And Brother Banam explained the subconscious and the conscious. And each of us have those two parts. But some, their subconscious is very close to their, their uh, sub. Uh, their subconscious. One of them I know that I know in my life is my wife. She, you can be there talking. And then in a moment, she explains to you what she was seeing. And she will take like five minutes to explain. And that thing will come to pass exactly. What was that? It was a vision. See? So, but you see, she saw that in her subconscious. While she is conscious. Okay. You understand? Now, that's the same thing. A vision is the same thing that happens when you are dreaming. Only that here, your conscious has to go to sleep. And then your, your subconscious begins to now move. Saying things. Others see nightmares. They are running. Others are snakes. Coming. Show them. Another one, Abalala. you know, they, they, they just see themselves in church, worshipping. Others, they see things which come to pass. Abalala. Others, you know, there are many different things Abalala. that we see in our subconscious. And others don't really dream it. But it doesn't mean they don't have a subconscious. It does. We have each of us. But here is what I wanted to say. There is something here that the Bible says and I want to read it quickly for you. In uh, the book of uh, 12, Romans 12 verse 2 and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Abalumi esura ya kumina pili olinyiruwa kubiri lugamba bweruti. So, temufana nyizibuanga, nge mirembe jino. Na imu chusibuenga, orokufura magezika mwe amacha. Murioke mukemenga, bwebiri katonda biayagare birunji. When we come to Christ, our mind needs to be renewed. 
And the only thing that can renew our mind is the word. The preaching of the word. It renews our mind. Our mind now begins to be set on things above. Our mind begins to think on the things of God. To show you what I'm saying and how it is connected to dreams is um, put music and go to bed. When you sleep, you will begin to dream those things as if you are actually, it is actually in real reality. Has that ever happened to any of you? You know, you, maybe someone is preaching and you slept while hearing and you are hearing while sleeping so you see yourself in church and maybe many other things will happen there your mind will take you here and there and then your mind will, tell you, will show you saying Amen if you don't believe the word and you are not yet filled with the Holy Ghost still your mind will reject it you'll be like while you are hearing so you see when you receive the Holy Ghost your mind is renewed and even your dreams change the things that used to torment you in your dreams, they don't torment you anymore. Many of us, before we, become, we became saved, we used to have nightmares. Honestly speaking, I used to have nightmares myself. And when I, from the time I received the Holy Ghost, I have never had even one nightmare. Completely, nothing. And all the dreams I have, Either speaking of things that are going to happen, because they are spiritual dreams. I is God communicating to me. It's just to show you the same thing. Yeah, but the man says, when you die, you don't change. You remain the same, same person that was here. So now, if you were a robber or a thief, when you die and walk out of this body, you are not going to become a good man. You remain a thief, a robber. And you will go to hell as a thief. And even your mind in hell will be a thief. Until you come before the white throne judgment. As a thief. So you understand that death doesn't change a man. If, it, if you die uh, a, a fornicator, something happened. So if you sleep, a fornicator with lustful thoughts. You know, no mind of Christ, no word in you. When you sleep, the same things that you had in you, in your conscious, they will come back again in your subconscious and they will torment you. You begin to see those women. The ones who are watching on the pornography, they will come to you and they will touch you. And you'll be like, ah. then you say, Pastor, I need deliverance. You don't need a prayer of deliverance. You need to let the word of God come in your life and wash your conscience. 
The moment you receive the Holy Ghost, you hear the word of God, it will cleanse you. And those bad dreams will disappear. And many people, when they believe, they come in church, they, they start fighting with the word. Then when you go to bed, you dream big serpents coming. They are chasing you and you run. And they, oh, they come. And then if you're being a fighter, you know, be, trying to believe, trying your best, you see yourself, you know, cutting the and those are, that, those are the things that are actually have been even yes conscious happening in the spiritual world. So you see, even in your conscience, the dreams come because of several reasons. One reason is because you ate too much. And when you eat too much, you dream things. And in the multitude of dreams, then there's also a lot of um, a lot of discrepancies. And also dream because you've been thinking about something. And this is really what happens most of the time. But until someone's conscience is washed and cleansed by the word of God and their mind renewed, then God takes control of your senses in the spirit realm. And then you, he begins to show you things to come. For he says, when he, the Holy Ghost, comes, he will do what? Show you things to come. I believe you can do that in dreams. So there is nothing to these dreams, brother. These dreams are only showing you the status of your spiritual life now. I can see. You need to enter into a stage and of sanctification. You may be believing God and Christ in your heart. But you need to have a relationship with Christ. And get into a relationship with him. And as you, how do you do that? By praying. By feeding on the word. By attending church like this. And with the time. You realize that these dreams have changed. Praise the Lord. My question is about marriage. And you don't have a name. Oh, okay. As far as seeking God's kingdom and his righteousness, first a concern, is marriage also God's righteousness? It depends on the context you are asking the question. I believe before you get married, you must have a relationship with God first. So marriage has nothing to do with it. Some people they're like, ah, I have too much lust for sure. And Apostle Paul said, instead of burning, marriage. So I should seek God's kingdom first by marrying. 
No, that's not right. Because if you enter into marriage because of lust, the marriage will not take away the burning. There are many things that married people do that are not expected of them to do. Why? Watch. It's because they need to overcome them. And to overcome them, they need a special relationship with God. So I believe before you get married, you first have Christ as your headship. Remember, you will also be the head of your wife. How can you now have be a head of somebody when you don't have a head? You don't come to church. You don't pay your tithe. You're not a serious Christian. You're just a you know, up and down. You are unstable. You come when you want. You can pray. And now, how will you have a, 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 a family and guide your wife and be the pastor of your home? Remember, as a pastor in the house, as a husband, you are the pastor of your home. So, how can you do that if you cannot receive a breakthrough in prayer now before you get married. So you have to break through before you get married. You have to overcome and then marriage is just a reward that God gives you. As a Christian or message believer, which is the correct way of marrying that God wants? Well, you choose your own wife. I know that there are some people who say they are the ones who tell you who to marry. They, they, they match make. Say, bring this brother and bring this sister and say, you too, you can now talk. Yeah. We see you are fit for one another. But that is matchmaking. As a Christian, as believers, we do not matchmake. One. Number two, the young people must be mature enough. Both spiritually and physically. And physically. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. I was going to tell you a story, but it's weird. Different age groups, so I'll not go there. Now, now, so you must be mature. And I've spoken on the part of the spiritual, you must be mature spiritually. Number two, you must be ready. Prepared. And we found that to be a big problem. Some 
they think they are spiritually mature. They think they, uh, they, they are physically mature. And their body is saying you must marry. So they talk to a girl. The pastor is not aware. The family of the girl is not aware. Nobody is aware. And they themselves, they don't even have a, a, a place they call their own. It doesn't even have a mattress. You should not, you have no business talking to anybody's daughter. If it was my daughter, I would even take you to police. You have no business doing that. See? For sure, you must be prepared. Listen, believers don't date. Brother, there is a difference between dating and courtship. Yes, no. Believers, they do court. They, they do courtship. You know, you, you begin a conversation with an intention to get married. You have that as an intention. You are physically mature. You are spiritually mature. You are ready. And and you are that is for the part of the man. You must have a place you call your own. And hear me, you must have an income too. Don't marry someone's daughter and tell them who told you. Don't worry, sister. Let us eat coffee. <laughs> You must have an income. I didn't say you must be rich or having this much. I don't care. You may have one room. But you have everything. You are just organized. Yes. I mean, you, you, you have your things there prepared. And, and, and when you get a wife, she has where to sleep. She has where to cook for. In other words, that's the mind of a man who wants to get married. And once that is, once you are prepared, and everything is done, remember while you were doing all that, you were praying. You do it by faith. By the time you finish, God will bring her to you. And then when you get done, you just continue with the prayer. On your knees. Let me tell you, men of God sit for their wives on their knees. Not everywhere. On WhatsApp. Everywhere. Whatever girl you see. I love you. I love you. just send I love you flying like nothing everywhere. I love you. to the opposite sex. You must be careful with spreading that word I love you. 
wegendereze chigambe echo chomalaga kasuka kasukanti nkwagala omusajja no omukazi kuruddalu kunzivi zombi on what basis ngusinzira kuchi you love them for what ngomwagala omwagala ko an opposite sex i love you ogambo omuntunga temuli omusajja no gamukazi nchomwagala the only thing they think echindu chokachi balonze is you want to marry them choyagala bawa muwasi or oba you want to be with them. Don't say, no, you're not like that. You're just wasting your time. I'm telling you, you ask me, how does a Christian do it? I'm showing you how to do it. So then, once you are ready, with, ready prepared, prayed up, you open your eyes also. Don't, after everything has been done, Sisters are coming, you are coming to church. In a youth meeting like this. You are just looking down all the time. God bless you, sister. You are not man enough. I'm telling you. As a man, after you fulfilled all those requirements, begin looking. Open your eyes. Hallelujah. Amen. Opening your eyes. Does not mean lasting after the No. It simply means you must begin looking out for a younger lady who has the character of Christ. You are not looking for uh, for beauty. You are not let me some of you don't get wives because you are looking for the wrong thing. Don't look for beauty. Don't look for outside appearance. And I'm not saying you must you marry an ugly woman. No. I'm simply saying. You know what you want on your heart. But as priority, you are looking for the character of Christ in a woman. You know what to look for. The virtues. Does she have these virtues? Is she virtuous? Does she have sacredness around her? As a woman, she is not, you know, you know, the way she behaves around men. You know, the way she dresses. Is she dressed to attract? Because I don't want to dress a woman who will dress like this and then attract other men. I want, I want to marry someone who dresses like a believer, like a Christian. If you see a boy marrying a girl with all the makeup and everything, and uh, yeah, I don't know the minister, you just know that man is not also saved. He has never got gotten saved himself. He's just lying to us. You show who you are by what you marry. You see, then, then, so you begin looking out for Christian character. If she's beautiful, praise God. But if she's not, that's okay. 
as long as the character is there. But I'm telling you what, when she's the, yours, she will be beautiful for you. Beauty lies in the eyes of the beholder. There is no ugly woman. Sometimes some people marry some people and they, they, they begin splashing them all over what's happened you YouTube, oh my queen, oh my beauty. And then when you look at them, you're like, ah. Osange ya bantu bawa saba kazi. Unoba sanga kumikutu jamu yunga bantu wona nabachala wange. Naba gereka abanango mwano oyu. Na yuko geno mutu nulako. Nozibiriza na amasu. But that's to you. Nekati ye nabachala we naba gereka we. But to them, they see beauty. You understand that? Right. Now, when you look for Christian character, marry Christian character. So now, before you contact her, as your pastor, I would advise 99% of you are come from this church. So I will advise you. Come see me first. Don't. Don't do ma. Sister. Can I have your number? Sister. Sister. If the brother asks for your number. Sister. Don't give it. Wait. What is his intention? We have had many younger men who break younger ladies' hearts. So take your time. First find out about him. Is he having the right intention? So, it wouldn't hurt you if you came to me for counsel. Right? Because many of the times, if a young man came to me, sought my counsel, the next part I would tell them, go ahead and talk to him. You know, if they have not yet spoken. You know, I always find out when they come to me after speaking together out there, usually it doesn't end well. I have found out. In but usually if you take it in the right way, things go well. There's a brother, there's a brother who came to me one time and no, no one can know who they are. And so and th this has happened on several occasions. And he, he spoke to me. He said, uh, Pastor, I'm interested in sisters. And several times, it was found that this sister was already engaged or planning even to get married with somebody else. But when the brother was talking with the sister, the sister was behaving as if she's single and And that's where the problem lies. So usually come to the pastor for counsel. It will end up in the two of you talking. And brother say, Pastor, I don't have the, those guts. Someone asked me, Pastor, can you help me? Can you talk to her on my behalf? You know, someone asked me to talk to her. 
said, brother, if you cannot talk to her, it means you're not ready for marriage. You are not man enough. Collect yourself. Go, don't send nobody. Go there. If they refuse you, just gather yourself up. And wait for another opportunity. <laughs> but if they are the right ones for you, they can never refuse you. Hallelujah. Mina. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. And of course, when you start talking, then you go into courtship. At some point, the pastor gets to know. The family gets to know. Then, uh, uh, you announce your engagement when agreements are made. And uh, then ultimately that will end up into a wedding. I think I've answered that. Now, question number three, I need to know and to do the rightful way of attaining a sister. For marriage, because I wish to pursue one. <laughs> I love this. I wish to pursue one. Rather go and pursue. <laughs> you have heard. As long as you 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 follow you follow the guidelines. I have heard that it is allowed for sisters to, to do makeups. Yes. Decorate themselves on their wedding party by wearing whatever they want and painting themselves. Is it true or false? My wife never did that. And we had a beautiful wedding. And that's all I can say. Can you forgive someone who tries to fail your life, Pastor? Musumba. Oinzo kusonyi womuntu ali mugeza kokule mesa munseno. I want to boost my business. Njagala kula kula nyamirimu jangu. I want to boost my business. Njagala kula kula nyamirimu jangu. And I don't have enough capital. Sina sende zimala. What should I do? Mkolechi. I have no job. Sina mulimu. Please come the one who wrote this. Kindly make sure you come and see. Because you need some counseling. Also, I don't have your name. So, uh, yeah, the Bible tells us to forgive. But I need to understand what circumstances that are surrounding this case. I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what you're going through. Please come and see me. Okay, now there is another question here. Okay, our time is up. Can I, can I continue a little bit more? How many say? I can just close now and we we'll do it this on video, but if you want me to continue for a minute, anybody, we should stop. Should close. How many say I should continue? Okay, how many?
moments. Okay, uh, how many said 30 minutes? All right, so let us continue for 30 minutes. Um, this is another brother. Okay, he has another question here. The Bible talks about a time for everything. And it is said that when you jump a stage of childhood, it can get back when you are old. Don't you think one needs to involve himself or herself in what she or he is supposed to do at the time? Don't you think mm -hmm. how do we know that it is time for this and that? And he was quoting Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. I do not know on, the, on what perspective. But it is true there is time for everything. There are times, what we say that, and I regret that I can, these days I've tried my best, I'm still trying to find those times, but it's becoming increasingly hard. There are times I would go in a, a bush somewhere. And just get into those thickets. And pray. I remember those moments. Now, I didn't even have fear. Because the zeal I had at that time, the fire I had at that time, I still, I, I love God now. There are many things that have come into my life that have made it increasingly hard for me to be the way I was then. Even the bushes themselves are not easy to be found nowadays. Even I'm not in the place where I used to be. And if now I went with my car and I parked somewhere on the roadside and I enter into a bush, they would be, even they may bring the news people to, to investigate. They may think that I'm going to maybe kill someone there or whatever. You understand what I'm saying? There are things that you can do sometimes at some levels in your life that you may never have another opportunity. But you will continue with your work with God. You will continue with the relationship you've had with God. But as you mature, you will notice that you do not have the opportunities you had then. If I say I'm going away for several days, my wife will say, but we need you. Can I go with you? And my wife usually likes uh, reminding me. I gave a vow that where you go, I will go. Can we go with you? Where are you going? You know you have nobody asking you those questions. But maybe your mother. Maybe your mother is not as concerned. Not really attached as you grow older. Not so baby. If you decide to go somewhere in a bush to pray for, for two days, 
who will pursue you? Oruganda bebe singo kala wono nyaka siko kaingire mu osabire na kubira nenzo kunonya. Chuali. Dala dalani. Brother Alex if it's said to do that. Oruganda Alex singo kala wono nyaka siko keso ganya kunonya. But get married. Na yeso ko fundo wase. You get married you. Go waso jalaba. Hai. No, I'm not. I'm not threatening you. But I'm saying you'll become more responsible. Is that not so? The person asking this question. They said something that that when you you skip something, it comes back again to you. That one turns into another corner. As if to say that if. You don't play football now, you'll play it when you get older. Something will come that you didn't do when you were young. If you, are, if you are not playful now, when you are younger, when you grow old, you'll be playful. If that's the channel you're asking, I don't believe that. I believe as a Christian, I'll give you an example of myself. In my since my childhood. I've never been a fan of football. Oh, there was a time. I really loved football. But not really a fan. Because my friends were playing it. So we would go play. But whenever I would play. My, my, my leg would, uh, would, would, would flex. So I gave up. And so I lost interest. And I've never been a footballer. I've never been a football fan. I did some games, but when I got saved, I left them. Cards. You know cards? How many know that? This is yours. This is mine. This is yours. Then you begin. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. believe a student play cards. Did you know? If you are playing cards, you should repent. Praise the name of the Lord. Why? Believers Believers are not supposed to gamble. Gambling is a sign and symbol of lessness. When you go to America now, the God of America, Brother Banner said he's a woman. Another same time he said entertainment. Like gambling. You find young people, instead of finding jobs and being serious with the life, they are going into gambling. They are in uh, cards. Others are, even they are brought it in churches these days. Like youth meeting, they do competition. Let us make a group. And we should even collect money like that to, to build the church. They are doing it now. But even then, in America, they used to preach against it. The Bible says we should not fashion ourselves after the world. So most of these things are really entertainment. But the entertainment you do, you must make sure that you're not being overtaken by the Spirit. Praise the name of the Lord.
and maybe I'll be giving more details on that and the histories of some of these things. There are some games and entertainment that is not, not bad. And I'm not saying that believers should not have any sort of entertainment. But you must watch. What type of entertainment do you engage in? Uh, I think I've answered this question. Right, so I have another question here. Is Ruth still here? Lucy Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Oh, she forgot. That she asked the question. Why God loves people, but he wants people to save. Really, I'll need her to clarify. To save him or to save them? I don't really understand. I'll need to ask her to clarify. Okay. Um, I was asked this question by one of the, my denomination of friends. And I need clarification on this verse. Genesis 9, 5. And surely your blood of your lives will I require at the hand of every beast Will I require it? And at the hand of man, and at the hand of every man's brother, will I require the life of man? Katonda Nebian Eri bulin soro na guvunananga neri omuntu. Eri buli muganda womuntu na vunananga obulamuomuntu. I don't I need I need to, to have a deeper study to, of this scripture. I do not understand the context. Um but um the scripture that comes to my mind right now says that if there is somebody Talking about requiring blood on your head. Someone will help me remind me that scripture. Yes, that might as well be by itself. 
verse 5 might mean something else. I'll, I'll need to have a deeper side on that. But now there is another scripture that I wanted to look at. Okay, I also don't see it quickly here. But it says if you see someone doing wrong and you do not want them, their blood will be required upon your head. So that's the scripture that is coming close to this, but I need to study. Um, I'll surely deal with this on the video. The question was why God needs blood of human lives. I, this is not interpret, your interpretation of this verse. The person here is asking the question was why does God need blood of human lives? I do not believe that God is demanding for human lives. I remember one day I was preaching and I said, God requires blood. And the only sacrifice he has never asked for is human life. But that of Christ. So I don't think that's the interpretation, but I need to if you are, I, it would have done me well. Who asked this question? Are you here? Okay, so uh, I will need your name. Can you put your name on, on that? I, I will need to be sure to send you the answer. Uh, all right, so there's another question here. Um, No, I don't believe that. Okay, I, I will not just justice to this one again because I, I want to deal with them a little more. But let's go a little over it. Okay, and I, I love the questions you asked by the Gideon. They're quite deep as well. It says, what did Jesus mean when he said that? Why did what did Jesus mean when he said that the last the last shall come first and the first last? For many are called, but few are chosen. Do they or don't they enter the kingdom whether they are lost or last, first or last, brother? I believe there is another parable, another place in the scripture where he speaks of those that were first and those that were last but they all received the same reward. And speaking of this, we can look at the church ages. See, from the very first church age, all those were, were sleeping, 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 dying physically, had they not been rewarded. But, the question is, will they receive the reward? Yes or no? They will receive the reward. But we which are alive and remain, we are the last one to come in. We are the 11th hour workers. We are the last bride to enter in. The, the Omega bride. We complete everything. The, the full revelation of the word comes to us. But the Bible says, we who are alive uh, and remain, 
Here's what the scripture says. We shall not hinder them that are asleep. He says that uh, at the sound, when the, at the last trump, at the sounding of the last trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise. And then we which are alive and remain, we shall be caught up to meet with the Lord together with them in the air. So, but I know there is another aspect to that question and I'll get to it uh, later. How about if you, you vow to the girl friend? After believing the message. What is the way forward? And I have no name on this as well. But I should say, if you vow to some girl, give your word that you will marry her. To begin with, you did that in good faith. But you did not know better. It's just like the many vows we make. Uh, before we believe. We make vows with gods. We make vows with our dying people. Someone is dying and they make you say, vow to me that you will never do this. You know, um, you can make a vow in a shrine that uh, vow like a covenant that if you ever do this you run mad and you make a vow and they tell you to wear something if you ever remove it you run mad you make many vows but those vows are made not in the knowledge of the truth after, after you receive the knowledge of the truth, I want to tell you, Christ sets you free from all those vows that you ever made. Is that a man? So, if you vow to marry a girl, and you believe the word, you're not bound by that vow. If you are not yet married, you are free from that part. As a matter of fact, to the extent, I want you to look at this. The Bible says, if you, Brother Gideon, vows to marry Sister Priscilla, coming from your village, and for her, ye, her father hears of this. And he is displeased. The Bible says he has a right to tell her you will not marry. Now, according to the Bible, she is set free from that one. Because the father refused her. 
You understand? Now, if the father, physical father can do that, how much more God can't he set you free from vows that you made before you came to the knowledge of the truth? Are you going to remain with your irizi because you had made a vow? You are actually set free from those, those vows. Amen. Amen. Pastor, is it possible for a person filled with the Holy Ghost to get a demon in him? Absolutely not. I do not believe. I don't know if there is somebody here who does. It's just like somebody asking me. Pastor, can you get a demon in you? I don't believe I can. Can I be tempted? That's different from getting a demon. You understand? Possessing demons in you means that Christ is not in you. But if Christ is in you, he cannot dwell with demons. It's as simple as that. So if you think you have demons in you, you don't have the Holy Ghost. And you need to be delivered and receive the Holy Ghost. Right. What if I like a non-believer who is well charactered? Well, mm. and I send another brother to preach to her. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> Younger people of this generation. <laughs> you are going to find all means to, to try and dodge the world. <laughs> and I sent another brother to preach to her. In order to avoid PCM. <laughs> PCM. And then I married her. What about that? Musumba, chirichikecho. Java too much. It has gone beyond. This is really too much. Dala, chino chisu sewo banai. So to begin with, chisokera dala. Why are you sending another brother to preach to us? Wachi otumayo oruganda omulala mukubuli direnjiri. Is the girl aware that you have interest in her? Is the brother aware that you have interest in her? What if the brother goes to preach to her? And in the process, he also picks interest. And for him, he may even be wise enough not to express it at all. And preach to her. And she believes. And as and they, because they're already friends. And two years down the road, she proposes. What would you If you ever have feelings for a girl who is not a believer, and you do not have power to preach to her. Brother, there is an evil spirit. 
trying to divert your attention. I remember when I was in school, it's normal to have feelings for girls. Because you are, you are, if you are alive, and you are normal, even if you have the Holy Ghost, but you still have blood in your in your body. And you are still a human being. Right? So you will see. And you will like. And I remember when I was in school, after I believe the message, rather, I was in a high school. And so I, I would, I, I, whenever I would see a girl, and I even wrote, actually wrote, uh, wrote a poem about this. <laughs> if, if, if you hand me well, I will read it to you. Maybe in another youth meeting or something. And uh, so whenever I would see one, Oh, I thought I was spiritual. Um, I realized, oh, I'm weak. And during that moment, and I'm, I'm, I'm confessing to you, during that moment, I would ask God to give me strength to preach to this guy. Now, why? Not for PCM. My intention wouldn't even be. By the way, I never had thoughts of marrying unbelievers. Look, please hear me. Getting attracted to a girl does not mean that it's marriage calling. Please do not. Do not mix it up. Attraction is a natural thing that happens. But it is not at all connected to marriage. And let me tell you, that attraction fades away with time. Mm -hmm. So if you're attracted, and then you marry her, you are going to be unattracted at some point. And another one will be attracted to you. So how many wives are, wives are you going to have? So when you are attracted, it's only a sign of weakness as a man and a human being. Don't even think about marriage. You can't be you can't think about marriage because you are attracted. By the way, you cannot even plan marriage because of a strong feeling or attraction. The only basis of marriage is character that should attract you to that woman. So there is no character in a woman who is not a believer. I am not talking about a woman's character. I am talking about the character of Christ in her. Look, there are many people who have good characters. Like that boy who came to Jesus. He said, Master, do you see what can I do to inherit the kingdom? And Jesus said, You know the law, go and do it. And the man said, Oh, okay. since I was a child, I've been doing those things. And Jesus said, Oh, I can see you have good character. You have kept all the things, good, good laws. You have done. 
so this girl, you think she has character? She doesn't have the kingdom of God. She, 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 she's not, she doesn't have Christ. So it's not good character. It's our behaviors as a human being. But wait a moment. Make her angry. That's when you realize she has no character. Right? Yeah. And so is it. Brother Banam says a man without the Holy Ghost is like a beast. See? So, friend, what I would do, I would then go to this girl. I would myself. After I've, I've prayed over it. <laughs> no thoughts of marriage. But I was attracted. And so, the way I would do it myself, I would always gather myself to preach so that I can give her a word test. And usually, this is what happened. I would always talk about women preachers. Talk about baptism in Jesus Christ. Talk about, you know, the behaviors as children of God, what the Bible requires us to do. You know, and when you begin to, especially when you begin to talk about trousers, things that, about women. Oh, I would see that ah, Kumbej was a cat which is putting her nails inside. Then she would remove her nails. Spiritually speaking. And then answer me back in a very sharp way. That is derogatory to the word of God. Immediately, even the desire I had. Why? Why? She has awakened that which is in me. <laughs> and I realized, hey, I'm a child of God. But if I just go there, <laughs> she's called Priscilla. Yes, please. 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 I'd like to be your friend. You are gone. You are gone. Get the Brother Banam says, everything, give it a word test. So he said she has a good character. Give it a word test. You will find out what you were thinking was not right. But if it happens to be right, and she has a seed of God in her, then you have saved her soul. But if you are so much beaten by her, that you can't even preach to her. Rather, you yourself, you have a problem. You yourself, you need the Holy Ghost. Because if you cannot witness to somebody, because they are attracting you, it means even the spirit you are in is not the right spirit. You already overtaken. And you need to come to the pastor and ask for prayer. So you can be delivered. Am I preaching to someone? Otherwise, if you love somebody and love them so well, hallelujah, you are going to really pray for them. 
and you're going to preach to them. Not, not have feelings for them. Praise the Lord. Alright. Have I answered that properly? Are you satisfied about that? Is it a must that a black should not marry a white? Chapeka ntiomutugavu talina kuwasa muzungu. Oh, it was just an advice. Oba gabali batu wabui magezi. And behind here, he wrote something and crossed it. Did the prophet advise us not and he changed his mind? He said, Is it a mask? There are black So you already know what the prophet says. Check what the prophet says. Hallelujah. Amen. I think I've answered that. No, the Whoever's asked, they know the message very well. All right. I, 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 uh, if you want my opinion, I'll give you my opinion. But if you want the word, you have the word. We only have one race. That's a Christian race. Right? Amen. You can as well say we have only one human race. But Brother Branham taught us not to mix races. Because God doesn't like me. God is not a mixer and he doesn't like mixing. Black and white and yellow and red. And then you give back to children who do not have decent. And he calls them mulattoes. Yes, you, you know, they are not white, they are not black. <laughs> so when you, you as a black man, you give birth, you don't give birth to a white, and you don't give birth to a black. So you don't give birth to a horse, and you don't give birth to a mule, uh, to, 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 to a donkey. You are giving birth to another creature, mule, which also cannot reproduce back itself. And he said, God, is not a mixer. And God hates mixing. God has a flower garden. And it's a beautiful flower garden. He has red, white, yellow, pink. And he loves them all. And he doesn't want it to cross it. Let it be in its beauty. Mm. You would have shouted amen on that. <laughs> Some mm. have said, uh, uh, <laughs> hey, we can't even marry Americans. Hey. 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 You know, in Africa here, Africa, every young man, because of Hollywood, they dream to marry whites. But that's the, the, the spirit of our, of, of our continent. Can I, would I be right if I said it is not the spirit of Christ? Right? Mm. All right. So I think that answers that. 
but on 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 those on on that uh i answered began by answering you that we have one race and that is uh, the christian race but if god is not a mixer then i wouldn't want to be a mixer is it good for a sister to hug a brother so this means it is a sister asking Sister, why would you want to ask a brother for? That itself shows there's a problem with you. And since you have a question about it, it means you need deliverance. As believers, brothers don't hug a sister. Sisters don't hug a brother. There used to be a brother who I, I witnessed too. And he did not like, like the message because uh, you know, things were a bit like difficult. And, and so what he did, he went to uh, uh, this church, Pentecostal church. And they would dance. Then they would say, turn around, turn around. Turn around. Hug your neighbor. And so he said he had a friend. And she really, he really loved to sit near a certain young lady. Because he was always waiting for that moment. So he would make sure before they even say hug. Because she knows that the girl will run to hug another girl. So he would quickly run and hug her. Oh, hallelujah. But Brother Barham says, even if you have the Holy Ghost, as long as you are a man and you are alive and you have blood in your veins, you will not be the same after hugging them. Imagine, come here brother, imagine hugging this girl, your chest is not like hers. Your chest has other things. And when you hug her, it will just come on you. And then it just, oh. <laughs> you cannot remain the same. After the hug, you will be turned sideways. You will actually already be fornicating in your mind. So really avoid, avoid every appearance of evil. Brothers are brothers. Sisters are sisters. In Ethiopia, oh, it was very difficult when I preached this. Chapter As a matter of fact, I, it took me several years to preach in the church. You remember that, brother, baby? Because when I went in the country, everybody was acting. It's their way. You, you find them. You know, oh God bless. Even the others out there, they just. Ah. Salam no, Alan, Alan, So everybody is hugging them. Boy, girl, girl, boy, girl, 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 girl,
They even go an extra mile of kissing. Others even on the lips around and my what are we going to do? They I hope brother baby will not be offended. You know in Ethiopia, if you love somebody, or if you have met for the first time, even if you have met for the first time, as long as you feel you love them, not with the bad feelings, just normal. If you can feed them on their mouth with your hands. <laughs> And then afterwards, you hug and say, <laughs> I know to you, are like, oh. <laughs> but in Ethiopia, it's normal. There's a sister. Thank God I was with my wife. You know, she, we had preached to her and she loved the message. She, she, she accepted it. So what went to Pramir? And she started with me. She So I looked at my wife. And she looked at me. Said Ethiopians have no shame. How come he hits on you when I'm here? Not, not eat, but hitting. You know, like. Hey. I was just reading between the lines when I was looking at my wife. My sister was tough. She said, if you don't take it, it means you don't appreciate us in Ethiopia. I said, how come that you say that uh, you connect this food with Ethiopia? Appreciate Ethiopia. It means you don't like our food. It's our culture. It's a... It was very difficult. I know most, most of you want to know what happened. Don't worry, my wife was there. And so, oh. she fed my, my wife also. And I was there too. It was really weird. <laughs> but after a few years, I preached to the believers about culture versus the word. The word has its own culture. Whereas we have our cultures, we cannot follow our cultures and leave the culture of the word. Where our cultures are against the word, we drop and forsake our cultures. Hallelujah. Amen. So until today, believers check hands God bless you. And maybe some who attempted so much and culture was embedded in them. They can at least do this. See, but so difficult for them. But all of us, no matter where we are born, we have to first on the after Christ. The culture of Christ. Can I have amens on that, brother?
Is it good for a sister to hug a brother? Sister, please stop hugging brothers. It is not good. The Bible says that a woman should not put on anything, or I mean a cloth that is for a man. Does it mean that a woman cannot put on a man's jacket? My no, you do not read the scripture correctly. The scripture said that a, a, a man, a brother, a woman, should not wear that which pertains unto a man. Alright? Mm. So in other words, He's not saying husband, wife, or something, or, or like uh, me putting on my wife's scarf or something. No. Of a man. 
He is a man of God's own heart. And his name was David. And he only looked once. When he put the second ark, he called his security guard. He forgot all the words. Please bring her now. But she said, Someone is like, King in the mouth. I said, bring her. He forgot everything about the word. Just by looking. And the Bible says, a man that looks at a woman and lusts after her. And you, be, you begin to, you know, you know, take pictures and develop them. And the Bible says, you are now that arras. Already. You will be judged before God. You girl, you may be a virgin. But if, if you are dressed in a way that will attract a man, the light of men will, will be behind you on the day of judgment. As those that committed adultery. My God. That's, how, that's the love price. It's not even the Old Testament. And that's why women should dress clothes that cover their body. How long is long? How long as it is, it is, it is below the thigh. You see? Mm. Below the knee. Because really, this body, this one does not matter. And, unless you really have a big body. So, so you see, sometimes we say, as long as it is below the knee. And some, they just dress. And then when they, they sit, the skirt comes skirt back. So you have a problem. Also. So I hope I've answered that. If a sister wants to jog for health issues, what should she wear? Because she cannot wear trousers. I don't know whether this sister is still here. What should she wear? It's just like saying, if a sister is going for swimming, what should she wear? You are a Christian when you are swimming. You are a Christian when you are jogging. You are a Christian in the everywhere. You are a Christian. How about if you vow to the girlfriend after believing the message what is the way forward what? after believing the message what is the way forward what? did i answer this i think i i answered this there are many vows that can be made before believing but when you believe they don't hold anymore they don't hold anymore. Alright, let us uh, read um, this one. I'm about to finish. I'm just closing up. I have about five papers. I think I should just finish them right quick. How can one come to get a close connection with God? Because most of the youth try their best, but in most cases, things fail. I personally, I get challenges which I cannot 
be open to anyone. So I'm kindly requesting for both advice and help. Omuntu ainza tio kusemberero kumpinyo ne katonda. Kubanga zengeza kone binema. Njaka la nyambibwe. Okay. Now you get close to God through prayer, through reading the word and katonda omusemberango saba, gosoma baibuli, go kunga na mukanisa. And if you need help or advice, come come see me. What does it take to be like you, a messenger of God? I yielded life. A committed life. And you don't have to be a preacher if you are a God. But you can serve God in many, many ways. You can be, I, I love the word you used, a messenger. You can be a messenger of God in many ways. You can witness to others. You, you, you can, um, you know, sing in church. Of departments here, there's a video department, you know, this, you know, music and everything, music, school and other things like cleaning the church. And so, what does it take? It takes a committed life, it takes a desire, and a willingness. How does one prove that a specific pastor is a true prophet of God? Jesus said you will know them by their fruits. If their church is not from the word, then they are false prophets. No matter how many miracles they are doing. So don't see them by the miracles. See them by what they teach. A fruit is what you eat. So see them by what you eat, what, what they are feeding you, the word they are teaching. Is it according to the word? And number two, their life. If what they preach, they don't live, then they are not a true prophet of God. If worldly things are taking control of you, how do you always fight them? You, I already answered this somewhere. You can only control them by letting the Holy Ghost come in you to control them. When, when you believe, you must then receive the Holy Praise the Lord. Alright. Ecclesiastes 9.9 and the book and in a book, courtship, character, and conduct, the prophet says one should marry one whom she or he can't live without. Now, question. What if she or he is an unbeliever? But when all his or her conduct and all characteristics show that he or she can believe, can one marry her? He quoted a few things here and he said, the says, One should marry one who, who she or he cannot live without. So, what if she or he can, is an unbeliever? But when all his or her conduct and all characteristics show that she or he 
can believe. Can one marry how did you hear that? Not a simple answer. Why? You cannot know something is a snake before, before proving it is a snake. You have to prove. And the way you prove is not after you have gone to its mouth. Like that little bird. Prove all. Things. Are you hearing that? Prove all. You simply go and test. After you have started courting them and wanting to marry them. The moment you talk about marriage, even if when they believe, they just believe in because they are interested in you. And when they, they come, you will face it rough the rest of your life. And this is what it really gets stuck. Because you will suffer with it the rest of your life. Good brothers, good brothers who made that mistake, and they are suffering until today. Others, their marriage have split up, and their children, and everything. She or he becomes a thorn in your life. This is the decision you make once and forever. You don't make it again. You can make it well. I understand that what marries one is the acceptance of a proposal for marriage. Under what circumstances does this proposal become null and void. It can only become null and void on several circumstances. If it's been annulled by the parents, especially the father of the girl, to if the vow was not made in good faith. And that really depends on the circumstances. Marriage cases are usually handled case by case. But to you who doesn't have a vow that you've made with anybody, I want you to know when you make it, there's no turning back. So, be careful with your vows. Don't vow if you're not ready to keep it. Is it adultery if a lady has something like, a, like six children from different men whereby she's not married of, to any of them? Of course, she's an adulterous woman. <laughs> because she's lived with many men. It's just like that woman who met Jesus who was a prostitute. And she um she had she had, had six, five, and then was living with a sixth. And 
And uh, Jesus said that none of them is your husband. So which means she had lived an adulterous life. And so, but God can still save such a person. Amen. Does a child born outside marriage carry any sin on her? A child born is a child born. Under the New Testament, children do not carry the sins of their parents. Even children born in holy matrimony, so-called, they can still be serpents so the only not the seed of God is when they hear that they, they accept it. So regardless of your circumstances of birth, whether you were born by institute or by someone who was married in church, that doesn't matter. If you believed Christ and you are saved, you are not carrying any sin on you. Alright, I have one more here. Oh, uh, it says, the elect believers on their death go to the 60th dimension. And the non-believers uh, goes to the 50th dimension. On the second resurrection, there are those people that are separated. Sheep. From God, who get salvation. No, no. The ones who are separated like sheep from God. Who get salvation, opportunity, thereafter, judgment. Before this, when their fate is not yet decided, which dimension are they? The sixth or the fifth? Amen. So the brother is asking. I don't know if all of you know dimensions. Fourth dimension is science. Fifth dimension um, speaks of um, uh, the, the souls that are, uh, are sleeping. This one is saying that the dimensions and the non-believers, well, the fifth dimension, which is hell, Okay, so he says that the, the unbelievers, they go to the fifth dimension. And the believers go to the sixth dimension. So, the God is in the seventh dimension. And so the question is, there are people that when they, on the, on the white throne judgment, okay, they don't go to the rapture. But they die. Others remain here, but they die still. And then after the, the, the millennium, on the white throne judgment, they are judged. And some of them, they get everlasting life. And others, they don't. But here is one thing I want to correct. But the Bantam says that that life, the eternal life, that there's nobody going to get the eternal life on the white throne judge. 
Organa plana magamba. Whoever would be given it already possessed it. Because remember, in the tribulation, there is no salvation. The door to salvation is closed. And in, in the, but those souls that will receive grace on the white throne judgment is because they had already received it. Look at it this way. Right now, 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 someone is getting saved and they are receiving Christ. Is that right? But they may not come in the rapture. That's true. Is that true? So, they don't come in the rapture. Where are they? I believe they are where they were when they when they died. Because all those who believe in Christ go to one place. Remember, these were virgins. They were in the same place. And when the trumpet sounded, these were already had enough the others did not. So they came to these. I believe they could access them. They said, hey, give us some oil. This, excuse me. You already have enough for us. And we are going, please. And while these others went to buy, these others went in the rapture. So I believe that uh, whichever dimension they mentioned they were in, they were where they were when they died, when they died. And if anybody believes on the Lord, I, I, I do not exactly know if they were with, with the others, with the, the, the others who were on the sixth dimension. I don't exactly know if they were with the, the others who were waiting to get resurrection. This is one that I want to uh, look at more, more carefully. Who shall be these kings of the earth bringing uh, glory into this, okay, I don't understand this, into this city. Okay, can you read for me Revelation 21, 20, 20. Bible yegamba. Nama wanga gana atambuliranga mumusana guacho. Neba kaba kebensi balita HT wachawe mucho. Okay. And and so who will be those kings? And okay, can you read that in English for me? I think it's talking about the city. Wanayokera kuchibuga. The new heaven and the new earth. Okay, verses um, 21, verses 24. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. Now, I believe that. The Bible says we, the bride, are the kings and the priests. By the way, do you know that you were king and priest? Did you know? 
You don't know. The moment you believe Christ and receive the Holy Ghost, you you come into a royal into royalty. You become a king and you become a priest. And I believe it will be us in that new city. And we will also have glory because it says which part is that? And they shall walk. Okay, they shall walk in the light. Okay, of course, we always sing the song. We will walk in the light, the beautiful light. Okay, then it says, uh, which verse is that again, please? 20, 24. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth shall bring their glory into it. Yeah. That I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. Now I believe that all those people, because there are those that are saved, but not kings, not in royalty, not, not, not the bride. So I, for now, believe that these kings will be the bride. We will bring our glory into the city. Okay, there's another one here, but all these questions that brother you've asked, I need to go through them again when I'm not tired. To give you more they are deep and they need deeper study. Because at this youthful age, it's when boys and girls are attracted to each other and they, and they jump pitch. It can come back in future when one is old. Continuation of the first time for everything. Okay. No. Let me tell you, there is no jumping. Can you jump attraction? Who jumps it? All of you did not raise up your hand. It means you, you go through it. But you fight your way. You, you, you don't indulge in what the world does. And you live as a different man. Praise the name of the Lord. So we, we are done with all the questions. We've gone through with most of them. I, I see I have, I, I'm not the one who asked that question. I would like you, Pastor, to talk about Forgiveness biblically. Irrespective of what it is. Oh, okay. You're saying you're not the one who asked the question about forgiveness, but you want to admit about forgiveness biblically. I do not know which aspect the brother. Brother, can you explain on your question? Brother Baka, can you clarify on this question?
th that's why I, I said I will go in detail in need. But um, I just say that believers forgive. I don't think you can explain forgiveness. I don't know. Some people have hearts that they can't forgive somebody even when someone asks for forgiveness. But the scripture teaches us that if someone has done something against you, listen, go to them. Don't wait for them to come to you. Maybe they don't know that they did that. So you go to them and tell them you have been offended by what they did. And they should ask for forgiveness. And you should forgive them. If you don't forgive, you not forgiven. And we have one, our last paper here says, God bless you. You are at school. Remember, you have taken long without fellowshipping. Uh, or you've been praying dry. Now, all your friends are different from you. Everything tries to do, uh, everything they try, they do is contrary. Without them, you are alone. What do you do? Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. What do you do? I'd like a young man with a good a good a good answer for, to this to come and share. This is our last one. Someone you want to answer this? Please come. Come up here. Come up. Baba wa You raise your hand. Come up. Uh, is Brother Samuel? How, how do you go about this? You are at school. You are dry. You have not been fellowshipping. All your friends are different from you. Everything you, you, they, they do is contrary. So, without them, you are alone. Do you do? Praise God, church. So, as for me, my advice is, since they are friends, you talk to, to all of them in person, one by one, if possible, in a group. And I'm sure, if they are friends, they are good friends, some of them will believe you, some of them so those ones that we choose to believe you, they will be your true friends. And those are the good friends you're supposed to have. That's what we should do. Amen. 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 God bless you. That's a perfect answer. I cannot get a better answer. That's exactly what you should do. Don't say, well, they're all bad. It is impossible. Preach to them. Share with them. Speak to them. You will always find a friend. Indeed. Where is Brother Shem? Is he up here? Where is he?
Okay. So, uh, all right. So I uh, wanted to say something about that. I'll just, I'll just let it go. So let us stand. You've been patient. How long have we taken? Three hours? Clap for yourselves. My, my, my. How many have loved this? How many say we should have more of this? This is just the beginning. These questions, I'm not going to let them go. I'm going to go through each of them. And brother, we will do more videos on this. And, uh, we'll send it out to you. Uh, maybe weekly or something like that. And then you can be able to, uh, to, to, to share that also with your friends. And, and give you more scripture on each of them. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, can you give us some songs, brothers? I'd like us to sing one or two songs and then we close. I say we've had a wonderful time. Wonderful uh, youth service in the morning. One soul, one to the Lord. Gone through a lot of questions. My, my, don't we have something to thank God for? Why don't you give God a great, great clap of praise? Hallelujah. Amen. Let us sing, oh, my heart sings today. Wonderful, wonderful. Jesus is to me. Brother, Brother Peter, can you, can you do the solo? Let, let, let Brilliant play this song for me. Uh, on the piano. Wonderful, wonderful Jesus is to me. Yes, Murunji Nyodala Jendi. Counselor. Prince of Peace. Mighty God is he. Guilt is gone. After the morning service, guilt is gone. Peace is Peace like to a river. Jesus is wonderful. Mighty to deliver. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, Amen. I wanted to come back here on Sunday. Come fired up. Come with someone. Bring somebody. Witness to somebody. That's how people believe the word. From schools. Oh my heart sings today. Sings for joy and gladness. Jesus, I can't hear your voices. Who get is gone? This is mine. Oh, it's so wonderful and my brother. Are you playing the song? Wonderful. I believe you can do much better than that, brother. We cancel out. Almighty oh, God, who oh, saving me oh, from all sin and shame. Praise. Oh, once I sleep, oh, free from condemnation. With Jesus, it gives liberty. 
about what you have done today. I would like you to go with him all the way. Everything else is vanity of vanity. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you for this day the whole day in your presence with these young people thank you thank you Lord and now as they go 
I pray that you give them grace. Give them strength. Enable them to overcome their trials and temptations. And let them live for you. Grant it, Lord. Through the temptations in their life, let your Holy Spirit give them strength. Lord, from these questions we've gone through, one can see that to some, they feel it's a difficult thing to live a Christian life. They are tossed to and fro by the cares of life. I pray that you'll give them strength and speak to them in a way that they will understand. The things that I've, you've allowed me to say, I pray that what has come from you will be planted in their hearts. And if there is something that I've said that I say that means I pray that you will let it go. And let your word be planted in their hearts. And be with them as they go to their home. And our sister Farida who has confessed you today as I said grant her grace and mercy and to the many Lord that uh, have rededicated their life today I thank you for that and I give you praise Lord as we go may you go with us Watch over us, Lord Jesus. Until we meet again. We ask these things believing in the name of Jesus. Sisters, hug sisters. Brothers, sisters, sister, Hallelujah. Tell her, tell him, God bless you. a little bit. Tell them, live for the Lord, brother. Live for the Lord, sister. Yes. Feel free to do that, everybody. I'll go with the journey. I'll go with him 
Yeah. 